Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this, if you're watching live, this bitterly cold Friday night in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. At least that's where I am. And as I always say, where you are, I hope it's nice and tropical and, and warm and and even humid. I'll take humid. Uh, I, I don't like winter anymore. Now that I'm getting uh, uh, today, I turned 48, nine months old. You know, I'm still young enough to count my months, but I'm I'm, I'm almost 52. So I'm or I'm, I'm not 52, 50 also. Wow, I don't want to be 52 yet. And uh, the older I get, the more I hate the winter. And uh, I'm dreaming of sandy beaches and and sunshine, or or at least. Uh, a nice walk on Pittsburgh's uh, North Shore by Heinz Field and PNC Park uh, this summer. So thank you for joining me. Before I continue, I just want to, as always, uh, encourage you to please check out all of our live podcasts like this one. Uh, you can catch us on, on YouTube. Please check check out our YouTube channel. And, and please like this this uh, this show. Please press like and please subscribe. I think we're still... Uh, Still short of 8,000 subscribers, but we're getting there, and we've done a tremendous job with, with, in growing over the past year or so. But we're also on Facebook, too, and you can you can check us out there, all of our live shows like this one. There is uh, the Cap Room. There's the Touchdown Under Show. There's the Steelers Preview. Uh, there's, um, uh, what's it called? Now, the Curtain Call with, with, with Michael Beck and Jeffrey Benedict. There's the, the Scobro Show. And you can you you can you can check all those uh, podcasts or the Hangover. I forgot, forgot about the Hangover. It's another one of my shows. Brian Anthony Davis, our podcasting manager. How could I forget that one? It's every Monday at five or not five. Oh my God, that's 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 my pre-job 
uh, time. Now it's like it's around eight o'clock ish every uh, every every Monday. But, but we also have audio only podcasts, including the live mic with Michael Beck, uh, Let's Ride with 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 Jeff Hartman, the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, the Retro Show with with myself and Brian Anthony Davis. Uh, so please check those out. Check out Behind Us to a Curtain, where we bring you news, commentary, film breakdown. Anytime something happens, those guys are on it. We're always bringing you uh, lots of content each and every day, even during the off season. Even when we're still a month away from from free agency, and we're a month removed from the Steelers' uh, uh, playoff loss to the Browns. We're always bringing you news, so please check that out. As we like to say, it's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers' needs. And welcome to everybody in the live chat. We I see a lot of regulars and some new folks. There's a GS, Creek Ikes, Cree Ikes, I'm sorry, uh, Lumberzack. Uh, what else we have here? Um, Ryan Kellerman, Felicia Ballard, Jared Devil. Let's see if I, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm slow on the scroll. Uh, Javier Mori, Ryan O'Toole, Steelers Pittsburgh, Steelers Chick 46. So thank you guys for joining me. And Gyro, there's Gyro. And he, he brings up a subject that I'll, I'll get to later, J.J. Watt to Pittsburgh. But rest assured, I will be discussing that later. Um, as you know, I do segments, so uh, I'm not going to start off with that. I want to start off with the, the big news of the day, in my opinion. That was the retirement of Marquise Pouncey. The Steelers' very decorated center over the past eleven years. He it was fifty-fifty as to whether or not he would he would return uh, in twenty twenty-one after the playoff loss to the Browns, and he uh, he made it official on Friday by announcing his retirement. He took it to social media and thanked the Steelers fans, the organization, his teammates, and their families for a great experience. But he decided to get on with his life's work, and. Uh, I can't tell you how much respect I have for Marquise Pouncey. I, I, I've always uh, appreciated the kind of player he was and, 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 and uh, how he, he came in and basically was a symbol of change for that offensive line. If you remember the late 00s, the end of the uh, last decade, or not the last decade, two decades ago now, the, the, uh, the 2000s, how awful the Steelers line play was and how, how many times Ben got sacked and beat up and, and, you know, it was hard to to, to uh, develop any, any kind of ground game, especially uh, short yardage. The short yardage ground game was just awful. If you remember that the 2008 season, uh, yeah, they won the Super Bowl and it was great, but uh, it was it was a long year for that offense because because the guys like well, I didn't want to say any names because I've gotten in trouble in the past with calling out uh, people, but you can go look it up. Just go look it up on Pro Football Reference, and you'll see some of the names. And none of them were all pros. I mean, there were some good ones. I guess I could bring up Max Starks because he was a, a popular player and he was, he was, he was a pretty good player, not a great player, but he was pretty good. But you know, it was, it was largely the, the, the pickings were slim for that line. And Marquise Pouncey when, when the Steelers drafted him in the first round in 2010, he, in my opinion, was a symbol of change. He came in and in OTAs, you were hearing how he was head and shoulders above everybody else on that line, how he was clearly the best, linemen on the team and it kind of reminded me of what what some old veterans used to say about joe green when he came in his rookie year in training camp and, and how he, he was clearly the best player on the defense right away that's kind of what marquis pouncey was and 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 he was a leader right away 
he was a pro bowler his first season. He made nine pro bowls all in all, all, in all throughout his, his career. He was a first team all pro three times. He, he was named to the all decade team of the two of the 2010s. And I think that's a pretty big deal. Uh, so he was a great player. He was, uh, uh, he never won a Super Bowl here and that's a shame, but as far as his resume was concerned, it, it, it was hard to beat. I know a lot of people like to criticize him, especially pro football focus. They never had a, a lot of great things to say about Pouncey, but, but he was clearly one of the, one of the, if not the best center of his day, one of the best centers of his day. And, you know, what do people always say about, about, players when they're, when they're trying to gauge their hall of fame credentials, uh, people like Heinz Ward, even Ben, uh, they said, well, he wasn't, he wasn't the premier player at his position during his career. Well, you can't say that about Pouncey because he was, he was, he was a, an exceptional player. And, and yeah, he lost, he lost it a bit at the end. He, he deteriorated his play declined, but that happens to the best of them. It happened to Heinz Ward, it happened to Troy Polamalu. It happened to Joe Green now, Joe Green, I remember reading, uh, I forget what book, I think it was Their Life's Work, that great book that came out about six, seven years ago. And I believe he's, I think it was that book. And he said that he wasn't nearly the same player he was by 1978 that he was in 1974, 1975. You know, so, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're usually, most of the players, most NFL players aren't as good at the end of their careers as they are in their prime. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. So yeah, he struggled at the end, and perhaps he he, he retired uh, at, at just the right time before his play really fell off. But it doesn't it doesn't take away from the kind of career that he had. And uh, you know, I think I think he's going to make it in the Hall of Fame. Will he make it right away? Will, will he be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Probably not. You never know. It's hard to gauge linemen, offensive linemen, but he probably won't make it on his first try. But so what? I mean, Dermonte Dawson had to wait. He it took him a few tries to get in. Uh, he was the premier center of his day, or at least one of the top two or three. Uh, Alan Fanica was one of the top one or two guards of his day. It took him several tries to get in. He just got elected last week. And c- congratulations to him. That's well deserved. Um, and and I'll, be ha- I'll be happy to see, to see him get enshrined this summer. So he is. It doesn't really matter if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer or not. I think he's a Hall of Fame player. So um, I don't know when he's when he's going to get elected. Hopefully, I'm not uh, really old when it happens because that means he'll be pretty old. Because he's, I mean, I'm I'm w- way older than him. But if I'm really old when he gets elected, that means he'll he'll have had to wait a long, long time. And I don't want to I don't want to see that for him. So, but it, it was a great career, and he has nothing to be ashamed of. Um, uh, he he. You know, early things were shaky for him. I'd say about the midway part of his career, he had a couple of serious injuries. He he had a uh, what was it? I forget the I think it was a torn ACL in 2013. Then he had uh, another knee injury and he suffered in the 2015 preseason, um, which you know is a great argument against playing these guys a lot in exhibition games. He he was uh, I think Le'Veon Bell uh, ran into him on a running play and. He missed, I think, all but a few games that year. He had, a, he wound up having a staff infection, I believe, and he had to have several operations to, to you know. So he had, he had a, a tough stretch in the middle of his career, and he had that off the field incident. I think it was in Florida, and there was a Free Hernandez thing that he, you know, he was photographed with the Free Hernandez hat. Him and his brother, 
so he had a rough rough patch there in the middle but but he matured and he became a he was always a leader in that locker room but he became an even better leader later in his career and and he was probably if not the most respected player in that locker room certainly one of the top uh respected players in that locker room i mean you know i i i'll always have uh i'll always be thankful for for his not only his play but some of the things he did to help his teammates like the end of the 2019 season when he instinctively just threw the beat. I, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not a violent person. I don't advocate violence, but for him to instinctively just go after miles Garrett, when, 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 when Garrett hit Mason Rudolph in the head with, with, with his helmet at the end of that, that Browns game in November of 2019 and knowing he was probably going to get suspended for a few games. And, you know, to me, and he did that for a backup quarterback, somebody who probably isn't going to be the face of the franchise ever. He he laid he, he laid his his you could say his career on the line for for a backup quarterback that, that told me what kind of a a teammate he was. And 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 I think what the, the thing I'll, another thing that about him that I respect even more is you know people always get on Bud Dupree for speaking out against James Harrison when James Harrison was released at the end of the 2017 season and. um and and you know they use that against him and, and people that don't like Bud they always use that against him, but Marquise Pouncey said way more damning things about James Harrison after he left here and rightfully so. When you hear, heard the stories about how he would sleep in meetings, how he would he would uh, he would not mentor the young guys, how he wouldn't try and practice, how he, he complained and moaned, and when he left here. Uh, he tried to make himself into a martyr and the fans were, were going right along. And, and Marquise Pouncey came out and said, look, it, it wasn't like that. He needs to be honest. He, he didn't want to be here. He, he, he wasn't a great teammate when he was here, you know, meeting that last time that, that, that the Steelers signed him. And I think he really, he really stuck up for the organization because the organization was taking it on the chin as far as the public opinion was concerned when they released a, a fan favorite like James Harrison on the eve of the playoffs. How can you do that? How can you treat a Super Bowl hero like that, a former defensive player of the year? Uh, do they even want to win? And Marquise Pouncey came out and just laid it all on the line and said, look, this is how it went down. I'm just telling you the truth. And and there are a lot of reporters who, when, when they talk about Pouncey, they say the guy never BSed. He told it like it was, and they all respected him for it. So uh, to me, in addition to his play, that was probably my favorite Marquise Pouncey moment when he came out and said, look, uh, and nothing against James Harrison, you know, a lot of players at the end of their careers, they have some, you know, they have a hard time accepting that they, that they've lost it. You know, Troy Paul Mullen maybe is a even more famous example, even though he's not, he didn't, he did it with way more class than James Harrison did, but he had a hard time accepting that it was over for him. So I don't want to, you know, get on James Harrison too much, but the way he comported himself during the 2017 season, when you hear the reports, uh, it wasn't a good look for a, for a uh, an all time great. So I, I, I always respect Pouncey for for um, for coming out and telling the truth and, and and sticking up for his teammates, his coaches, his uh, his boss Art the uh, Second, and Kevin Colbert. You know, so that that to me he gained a lot of respect from me for that alone. So uh, kudos to a great career for Marquis Pounce to Marquis Pouncey, and 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 uh, may you have a great post NFL life, whatever that, wherever that takes you, he made a lot of money. He has a, apparently has a, a family that, uh, that a lot of his teammates love and, 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 and enjoy. So he's got a good thing going for him. 
And uh, I hope his post football career is uh, is a great one. So that is my first topic. And uh, I just want to welcome some more people to the live chat. Chad Landsman, who's become a he's become a regular from the uh, from our, our 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 Facebook page. So welcome, Chad. Uh, Kathy Ford. Wow, I I missed Kathy there. Welcome, Kathy. I don't see anybody else. And uh, here's one from Ryan O'Toole. Hey, first show I caught this week. I feel bad. Don't feel bad. But he says, hey, Tony. Hey to you too, Ryan. I worked uh, 16 straight hours earlier in the week, and then I had to get up the next morning and work another eight. So anything's better than that. So I don't feel bad. You know, you don't, don't, you don't have to worry about offending me when it comes to that. But uh, that was my first topic. And, of course, the probably the sexier topic is J.J. Watts. And he was finally granted his release from the Texans on Friday afternoon. It was reported uh, he, he during the 2020 season, he had grown uh, weary of the Texans and how they did business and how they were running things. And he expressed an interest uh, of wanting out. And we're talking about the greatest player in the history of the organization, meaning the Texans. So uh, for him to say that was, 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 a, was pre a pretty big deal. And the Texans granted his wish, and they released him on Friday. And now he's a free agent, and he's free to sign with anybody. But, of course, one of the favorites is Pittsburgh, mainly because of his two brothers, T.J. Watt and Derek Watt. So, naturally, people are, are, uh, are clamoring for him to come here. And, you know, obviously, it, it, he's not the player he used to be, J.J. Watt. I mean, three-time defensive player of the year future Hall of Famer. Uh, but, you know, he's not done yet either. He's not washed up. So would he make the Steelers' defense better? Of course. I mean, he's the same age as Cam Hayward. Uh, he's about the same age as Tyson Alulu. I'm, I'm assuming he's about a year younger since Alulu was drafted in 2010 and he was drafted in 2011, meaning what? And, you know, who cares about the scheme? I, I know the Texans ran a three – or they run a three-four. So obviously you can make that work here, but but – you know, it's J.J. Watt, so any defensive coach worth his salt would better make that work, right? You better make TJ or J.J. Watt fit into your defense schematically, or you're not a good coach. So, yes, he would make it. He would he would make the Steelers' defense better. He would he would he would make their front four or their their front seven more formidable. So, from a, a X's and O standpoint, yeah, it makes sense to bring J.J. Watt here. It makes total sense. But the question is the finances, you know, and we know the Steelers are in, 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 in big time trouble with their salary cap as they often are. Uh, last I checked, they were like 25 million over 20 million over whatever it is, but they only have, I think 35 players, maybe 34 now to pounds who retired under contract for next year. So they have a lot of work to do. Right. Uh, uh, the owner came out a couple weeks ago and said, you know, they can't have Ben Roethlisberger back under his current deal. Um, there, there, there's still a lot of silence, uh, you know, between the two of them. There's still a lot of uncertainty. What's going to happen? Are they going to restructure Ben? Are they going to ask him to take a pay cut? Is, it, is he going to accept that? So uh, they still have a lot of work to do to get on, to get into compliance. And, you know, that starts with, with Big Ben, you know. So if they can, if they're able to, 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 to free that money up, free the cap space up and bring J.J. Watt here, okay, fine. But, wouldn't that kind of be a luxury at this point? 
you know, you have you have Cam Hayward who's still playing top level football. Stefan Tuitt, we know how dominant he can be. Tyson Alualu probably played the best football of his career last year. He was a very valuable player for them following the the free agent departure of Javon Hargrave. He he was really great. You know, and when and when he was out, you you notice a big difference. So, um, they're going to have a formidable line. So if you, my point is, if you can sign, if you have, no, if you can find the money to sign JJ Watt, wouldn't it be better to use that money on other areas of the team? You know, if you can, if you can find ten million to sign JJ Watt, couldn't you sign Tyson Alualu, who's a free agent? Couldn't you sign him at a much cheaper deal, and you'll still have a pretty formidable off- uh, defensive line next year, right? If you can sign JJ Watt, if you can find that money, then. Wouldn't it make more sense to to use that money to maybe to sign a veteran center for you're not going to need the money you would need for what to sign a center, but you could probably get a pretty good one if you can find that kind of money. Now that Marquis Pouncey retired, uh, we, we talked about how that unit needs upgraded, right? So center, tackle, you know, you name it. You know, they they can maybe they can find uh, one of those guys in free agency. Maybe you can use that money. To sign Mike Hilton, hello, one of the top slot corners in the NFL. He's a very valuable member of your secondary. Uh, he's going to want to raise. So if you can find the money to sign J.J. Watt, I would assume that you can use that money to sign Mike Hilton instead. How about another tight end? Uh, Vance McDonald just retired. Uh, you need another tight end to go along with, with Eric Ebron. Um, so... Uh, running backs, another one. Uh, they were linked to Aaron Jones, the Packers uh, running back, as recently as a couple weeks ago. You know, there's a lot of areas of that team they can address. You know, if they could, if if if, if they can find that kind of money for for JJ Watt, and they can use that money for other other places. I think, I think to add JJ Watt, you're just adding strength to a strength of your team, and and. I, I think if he if his name wasn't JJ Watt if it was if if it was uh you know Joe Smith even even if he was still as great as he is if he wasn't a Watt brother if he wasn't related to TJ and Derek mainly TJ I don't think there'd be that much of a that much of a uh, um uh, a desire to see him come here you know um again I'm not saying it wouldn't it wouldn't be a great football move it would be a great football move I'm not trying to say that, um, but is it a needed football move? You know, are you, are you making, would you be making a move in, in sacrificing other areas of your team? You know, you know, if you can open, it's like if you, if you open a new credit card because you need to buy uh, tires for your car, but instead you go and buy a flat screen TV, even though you already have a flat screen TV. You know, I mean, it, you know, to me, that's what it would be kind of a little irresponsible, in my opinion, um, especially, when, you know, you know when, when you're already when it's going to take a lot of work to get under the cap. So I think if you again, to repeat myself, if you can find that kind of room to sign J.J. Watt, then you don't sign J.J. Watt. You use that money for something else. So that's I know it's probably not a popular opinion. And hey, I mean, I think it'd be a great story if JJ Watt came here. I mean, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan, right? I'm a writer. It'd be fantastic if JJ Watt was here. He would probably be instantly be the the biggest sports celebrity in town if he came here. Seriously, even maybe even bigger than Sidney Crosby. That's how 
uh, much of an ambassador to the NFL is. He's a celebrity. I mean, you know, as far as charisma, I mean, his, his, TJ Watt's more like James Harrison or Greg Lloyd, and, and JJ's more like, what, Brett Kiesel as far as it's just a charismatic figure, somebody that that would really um, connect with the public. You know, he'd be like Jerome Bettis. You know, he'd, you know obviously, he's great in the community. He'd be a great teammate, a great leader. So from a football standpoint, it'd be great. And from a, a, a fan standpoint, it'd be tremendous. You know, you could get so much traction out of that as a writer, you know, as a, as a fan, but just from a, from, uh, you know, when, when you're talking about just the, the, the big picture, do you really need a JJ Watt when you, when you have so many other needs, you know, so that's that topic. And I see we're about 23 minutes in. So I'm going to use this time to uh, say goodbye for part one of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, don't go anywhere. If you're listening on one of our audio platforms, please download part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. And I will be right back in two and two. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.